This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. Every single one of us in this room have these adventures, but there is an ultimate adventure that kind of trumps all other adventures. This is kind of what we're going to talk about. And Keith, I appreciate your help uh, this morning. You can, you can be dismissed because we're about to see a little video to kind of help set up what I'm trying to get across. Everybody has their something that they're into for an adrenaline rush or for a, uh, for a thrill. I uh, just recently was able to go on a, on a bird hunt uh, with a couple guys out of our church. That stuff, man, that's my outlet. I absolutely love that. That was like a really big day for me, and that's what I'm into. I love that. But then there's others of you, you're into different things that, that bring about that, that thrill to your life. And I did not know this, but one couple in our church on their spare time in the weekends, they race cars. And I uh, inquired about how, what does that look like for you guys? Are these street cars? Are they dirt track cars? What are they? And they hit me back with, well, we've got a video we can show you. And I was like, I'm all about a video. Let me see it. 1968 Camaro racing the clock. It's not racing anyone else, but the clock. This is someone's idea of big time adventure, if we could view that. you guys in here, for some of you guys in here, you know that's me actually on I-20. I'm telling you right now, when I found out that these guys do that, somehow or another, I'm getting in with them because that looks so stinking cool to me. I would just, ooh, just that, do you hear that sound? That, that's money, that's gas, and I'm willing to pay it, man, just to feel that, Man, that looks so cool to me. Now, others of you, you're into all kind of other stuff. You know, maybe one day we can get like a really cool, amped up, um, really amped up video of you at Dillard's picking out <laughs> neckties or something. I know everybody's got their own thing, but that was awesome. We're working on obtaining some skydiving videos from a few of you in this church that are into skydiving, uh, others of you, you, you just got all these little things. So for the, today and the next few weeks, that's kind of what we're talking about, that we're all driven by certain adventures 
we're driven by certain thrills, by certain highs, adrenaline-type rushes. There was a guy one time by the name of Evil Knievel. Notice I said one time. He's a figure from our past. <laughs> um, this cat survived 433 broken bones. I don't know why they say he survived 433 broken bones, but it did put him in the Guinness Book of World Records for surviving the most broken bones. But all of us kind of have this, this something in us that craves, that desires a high, a thrill, a moment that we can say, I was there, I did it, I witnessed it, I was a part of it. And what happens with, with this, it escalates and it becomes something that we do time and time again and we end up trying to one-up the adventure that we just successfully experienced or achieved uh, it's got to be bigger and better each time. Quick story. Uh, this morning, I sent a text message to two of my absolute best friends that I grew up with in, in my hometown in Louisiana. One of the uh, guys in the, in the three of our friendships, his parents had this really big, nice ranch-style two-story home with this awesome swimming pool area. And of course, when teenage boys get together, we do some really crazy things. So swimming, just, it was fun for the first summer. The second summer came around, we had to take it up a notch, and swimming wasn't enough. We had to, you know, figure out how to do some cannonballs and some jackknives and all that kind of stuff, some suicide dives, all that. And then the next summer, that wasn't enough. We had to step it up a little bit. So the next summer, we, we jumped off the second story of their house into the pool. And the best part about it was you had to kind of clear about from here to that first pew, you had to clear that concrete to get in the pool. So uh, I watched the first one, his name's Alden. He, he kind of barely cleared it. The second guy, he, he kind of barely cleared it. So Odom, I'm thinking I'm the shortest, I'm the smallest. These guys barely clear it. I've really got to go all out. Well, about midway in the air, I figured out I really cleared it. I cleared it so much, I'm looking at the other side. <laughs> so midair, I just go church style and just, <laughs> and I'm just praying, oh God, just let me hit water. And we hit water, and I just braced myself up against that other wall, and, and I never even showed my fear. I was like, that was awesome. So we all go through the house, up the stairs, out the window on the first floor of the shingles, push ourselves up to the second story, and we're looking for our third partner. Where, where's Brian? Alden's here. Tommy's here. Where's Brian? And we're waiting on him, waiting on him, and Brian finally comes out of the window. He comes up this, the, the little ledge up to the second story, and we said, what happened? And he said, what? What is wrong with you? I bit my tongue. So he stopped in the kitchen, got a styrofoam cup, because we're Louisiana boys, we can makeshift anything, and he cut a styrofoam cup out and made himself a mouthpiece for the second jump. <laughs> Everybody's got their own idea of what's, 
What's the adventure, right? Probably shouldn't tell that story in the second service. There'll be some teenagers today thinking they can make the jump. We always have to go up a notch, and we want to one-up everything we've ever done, and then we try to one-up what other people have done, and it ends up being this situation that the high, it starts wearing off, the thrill starts diminishing, and we find ourselves looking for the next adventure but we've ran out of ideas, if you will. So what happens when the rush or the high or the thrill stops working? The law of diminishing returns helps us define uh, how this is broken down. When increasing amounts of one factor of production are employed in production along with a fixed amount of some other production factor, after some point, the resulting increases in output of product become smaller and smaller. With all that being said, what that means is you've been there and done that and it's not good enough anymore. So skydiving out of a plane is not going to cut it. Now you're going to New York City and jumping off of a skyscraper and getting arrested for jumping off the skyscraper into uh, the middle of town. What would happen if there would be a shift in your life, in my life? What would happen if there would be a shift in this church? What would happen if there would be a shift in our community? If all of us shifted our idea of what the ultimate adventure would be, and that would be to be serving Christ with everything within us, what could happen if every single one of us reframed our focus of what the ultimate experience in life would be than to be pleasing God? I think oftentimes there might be a handful of people that, that kind of refrain from completely serving God with everything they have because they're rubbing shoulders with some believers that live really bland and boring lives. I totally believe this. But I want to just kind of let everyone know, and I think there's a, well, I don't think, I know there's, so many in this service that would agree with me that fully living and serving, living for and serving God does not have to be a bland and boring, gray, if you will, lifestyle. But serving God does have some moments, it does have some experiences that an adrenaline rush cannot take you to that a thrill cannot take you to because it takes you from the natural to the supernatural. Whether you're in a 1968 Camaro or if you're shooting a big deer or if you're playing a great golf course or if you're skydiving, all of that touches the natural experiences of this life and I love that. But I have tasted, I have tasted of a supernatural experience I've tasted of a supernatural relationship 
I've experienced this adventure with God that really does take me to places that satisfies areas in my life that the thrill of an adventure in this world cannot produce. And if you agree with that, somebody say amen and clap your hands to the Lord. God did not set you on earth to occupy space. You're not here to live a unseasoned, bland, boring, blah life. God's called you to be salt and light. Come on, somebody. God's called you to bring flavor in a world that's lost its flavor. God has saved you to shine a light into a dark place of this world. He's called you to not only you experience, but for you to bring someone else with you to experience this ultimate adventure. You are here. Everybody say, I am here intentionally. Yeah, you are here intentionally, not here in this church service. You are here in this world intentionally. God has designed you for a purpose, with a purpose, and that is to bring salt and light to this world and bring somebody with you on an incredible adventure serving God. God did decide for you to be right here, right now, That's how important you are to the Lord. I think that this next statement I make, if it's not heard in one ear and allowed to exit the other, if you will retain what I'm about to share with you, I totally believe that it can can marinate over the next few days and it can change your life forever. And it's simply these two words. You matter. You matter. There's someone in this early service sitting here thinking, do I really matter? You matter. Who do I matter to? You matter to God and you matter to others. You are important. You matter. And if you will allow yourself to go on the ultimate adventure by following Jesus Christ, he'll take you places that you've never imagined possible in your life. Turn with me to the book of Luke, chapter number 9. Luke, chapter number 9, for a brief moment together this morning. Luke, chapter number 9. While you're turning there, let me kind of set the stage for what's happening in Scripture. Jesus encounters. He, He connects with, he communicates with three different individuals in this portion of Scripture of Luke 9. And it's rather interesting that two of the three respond in a similar fashion, while one, one really shows us the life lesson of the correct response to Jesus Christ. Luke 9, and at the very end of the scripture, or the chapter, pardon me, if you'll look, in, look at verse number 57, we see one gentleman's response to Christ that really is the best example of response, and that is these words. Lord, I will follow you 
wherever you go. I will follow you wherever you go. But look, there's two more examples of response. Let's skip verse 58 for now and uh, then look at verse 59. 59, then he said to another, here's our second example, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Verse 60, Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. 61, and another, here's another, okay? Another individual said, Lord, I will follow you, but, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. Verse 62, and closing, Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Notice these three people respond in different ways. Two are kind of similar, but one stands out of which is our real part of the sermon today. Two say, we'll follow you, but. We'll follow you, but. We'll, we'll follow you, but. And can I just, just make it real plain for all of us here this morning? God's not looking for anyone to follow him in second position. Most people are okay being led if they're being led where they want to go. I don't know if everybody caught that, but that is so funny and so true. Most people are okay being led as long as you're leading me where I want to go. I was, um, and, and I, I know that I'm guilty of this oftentimes preaching, but it's, I just keep it real and I just bear everything publicly sometimes. But I'm a... I love watching hunting shows, and I know that's kind of goofy to a lot of you. I love hunting shows. And it's so funny, one the other day actually took you behind the scenes because most hunting shows, are they're really good at, at, at just showing you the best part of the hunt. But this one hunting show, Pastor Don Howard, I was watching and showed you behind the scenes, and the guide, the professional outfitter, the guide that makes a living guiding leading others hunting got into it with the paid hunter because the paid hunter wanted to approach this certain stalking of this animal one way and the guide was determined no that's not the best way next thing you know they did not delete the clip these guys are sitting there arguing in the field I'm the guide you're the hunter well I don't care I paid you money and they're and they're fighting and it's so true in our walk with God isn't it sometimes I know you're God but I'm Tommy and I know what I want to go do. And I need you to come with me. Because you are God, by the way. <laughs> and God's, Sister Cora, God's like, but you just told the truth. You're Tommy and I'm God. I think I want to help you here. I understand, but you just sit down and strap a seatbelt on and go with me. Most people are totally fine, Sister Richardson, being led if they're going to be led where they want to go. 
There are two people in Luke 9 that are totally okay with following Jesus, but before we follow you, we need to go take care of some things. But there was one. There was one that completely lays out the plan for your life and my life, and we just breeze through some scriptures uh, because they're not as attractive and they're not as flashy as other scriptures, and, and we miss some really cool stuff in scripture. This guy, he doesn't say a word other than, I'll follow you wherever you go. I will follow you wherever you go. That's all. What a beautiful lesson. I will follow you wherever you go. Well, don't you have to take care of, yeah, but that's not the point. I wanna follow you. But don't you have other things? I do, but I will follow you. In some Bibles, there's a little heading over Luke 9 and 57. You know how some Bibles put titles. In my Bible that's at the funeral home, it says, the cost of following Jesus. When we hear the words, the cost of following Jesus, it's natural for us, the way we're programmed in our culture, to think that means financial obligation. Some of us that grew up around church, we jump to the word tithing or offerings and we think, oh, there, yeah, there's a cost for following Jesus. We, we pay our tithe or we give financial offerings. That's the, that's the cost of following Jesus. And honestly, this has nothing to do with finances. But there is a cost of following Jesus. We don't know who this man is that says he'll follow him wherever he'll go. We don't know his name in Scripture. We don't know what he's what his background is. We don't know how much, um, how, how much interaction he's had with Christ. But what we do know is, is that Jesus wanted to make sure that he understood what he just said. Because in verse 58, after this man took a big step of faith and said, I will follow you wherever you go, Jesus, before he ever turned to the other two, wanted to make sure that this man knew what he just got himself into because there's a cost for following Jesus. In verse 58, he says, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. And for some, that has been a it's been a confusing portion of scripture for some of you, but basically what, what Christ is teaching this man along with teaching all of us is if you're gonna follow me for what's in it for you, you're missing the whole point. If you're gonna follow me for the benefits of hanging out with me, you're missing the whole point. I think all of us have probably done this at some point in our lives. We probably all have been guilty of, of wanting to befriend someone or wanting to get in with someone because we thought there was something in it for us, okay? And, and we're all guilty of it to some degree. So don't, don't, don't look at me like that. You know. Don't give me that tone of voice through your facial expression. All of us have done that. And Christ is saying, 
you make sure that you're not following me to try to get something out of this because if you're doing that, you're missing it. If you follow me, it's because you want the adventure of following me and you're wanting to be a blessing to me. You're wanting to serve me. You're wanting to honor me. The cost of following Jesus, two words for the rest of our few minutes together. Commitment. Everybody say commitment. commitment. And obedience. Woo. Man, Pastor Tommy, those are big words. They're huge words. Commitment and obedience. Commitment and obedience. Christ says, if you're gonna follow me, I've gotta make sure that you're fully committed because if you're looking to get something out of this, you're not gonna make the journey. But if you're looking to put something into this, you're gonna have the adventure of a lifetime. Can I trust you to commit? Can I trust you to obey? All through scripture, we see this principle. It's rather consistent, and that is who follow Jesus will do so on his terms. Are you tracking with me? Are you, are you understanding what I'm saying? It's always on his terms. When you fully surrender, I surrender all. When you surrender, you're surrendering you setting the rules. You surrender you having a say-so. You make covenant with God that everything about the next step is on his terms. Let, let's even bring up some disciples in the discussion. Master fishermen doing very well financially, doing very well in their business plan and strategy. But when they said yes to Jesus, they left all their nets, not just one or two of the, of the torn ones that they were mending, they left all their nets yeah and basically said, I surrender everything I have, I commit to you. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. When you surrender, you call in the shots. You talk about a leap of faith. You talk about a leap of trust because now you're saying, you designed me. You created me, and you know what's best for me, and I'm going to follow you. And ladies and gentlemen, there's not an adventure in this world that could ever satisfy the depth of our need in our spirit man the way that Jesus can satisfy the need of your spirit man. He takes us places that we've never imagined going. Can I get an amen this morning? You know that when you fully commit to follow Jesus in this adventure of, of, of Christianity, did you realize that, that, that you will soon know every day more of God's potential in your life? You will soon come under 
under revelation and understanding of what your full potential is and what God's purpose is and what God's plan is in your life. You will start connecting the dots, if you will. You'll connect the dots of who you are because he's already got this laid out before you. David said that the days before me have already been ordained for me. Oh, praise the Lord. Your friends aren't gonna get... They're not going to be upset with you if you don't reach your full potential in Christ. Your friends aren't going to, uh, uh, they're, they're, they're not going to be bothered by that. But I can tell you this much, you're going to feel the weight of coming up short of who you fully can be if you're not fully committed and living the lifestyle of obedience and following God. Let me close with this this morning. A few Wednesday nights ago, uh, my friend Grant Bowman spoke in a Wednesday night service. And there in that Wednesday night service, he, he told one version, because I think there's like four or five versions of this cute little illustration. He told one particular version of the chicken and the pig. And, and so many of you have heard these illustrations through the years because they're just so good to make the point that I'm trying to make. Well, here's my version of it. A chicken and a pig were walking down the street, and the chicken had this bright idea. He said, hey, pig, let's open a restaurant together. And the pig thought, that'd be kind of cool to open a restaurant together. That'd be fun. And what do you think we could call it? And the chicken's got this great creativity juices flowing. He says, we can call it, uh, we can call it eggs and ham. And the pig thought about it for a minute. He thought, I, I think I'm going to have to pass on that. And the chicken said, why, why would you want to pass on it? It's a great, great idea. He said, because it sounds like you're just making a contribution to this, and I'm going to be fully committed to this. Chicken, eggs, pig, ham. I thought it was good. <laughs> But I should have known better because when I told Denora, it took like three more minutes of silence. <laughs> and Denora finally went, oh, that's, that's cute. I should have just made note right then. Don't do that publicly. It's not that good of a joke. <laughs> Guys, check this out before I pray over you this morning. And before I give some of you an opportunity to respond to what I'm talking about. You gotta get this down in your heart today. God's never gonna call anybody. Everybody say, that's even me. He's not calling anybody to a once a day, once a week, when it's convenient type of relationship. That's what we would rather have, but that's not what he wants. You know what God is expecting? He's expecting you and me to completely reprioritize everything about our lives and making him first. He fully expects you to commit. How can he expect that? Because that's what he did. He would not have it any other way.
Check this out. Listen to me. Chris, stop laughing. Chris Kane knows right now that I'm about to go golf course tam- temper tantrum right now. Chris knows that a seven iron's about to go snap. It's my adventure. Don't worry about it. Okay, let's back up. Okay, back up. Now stay with me for a second because I promise you, you got to get this in your spirit this morning. Why is it that we expect anything less than full commitment towards Christ when he was fully committed to us? How silly of us to think that we can be in true relationship with Christ and just give him a Sunday or a Wednesday, give him an offering. How silly are we to really think that that satisfies and brings anything to the adventure? It's not going to bring anything to the adventure. What brings the ultimate adventure to our lives is full commitment, full obedience. I will follow you wherever you go. Enough said. I will follow you wherever you go. Aren't you thankful this morning that Christ didn't say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna suffer, I'm gonna suffer a few stripes. I'm gonna suffer a few wounds. I'm gonna take one on the chin for you. Think about that, man. Aren't you thankful he didn't say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hurt for a few minutes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let them, I'm gonna let them torture me in public, maybe just for a few minutes and maybe we can call that a a good day man no Jesus Christ said I can't just flirt with the idea of redemption I can't just uh, I can't just flirt with the idea of purchasing one or two souls God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son I'm talking he gave everything So the ultimate adventure is us giving everything to God. So what does that look like, Pastor Tommy? Giving every sin. I, I, I need you to stand, okay? I need you to stand. I want our prayer partners to come quickly. And, 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 and if you don't mind, if you don't mind, we got a little time on our side. So if you don't mind not, not moving around just yet, okay? Prayer partners, come. I, I, feel like, I feel like sharing this illustration with you. I felt led... I felt led recently. Uh, I picked up on, there's a few close, close people in my life. I picked up on that they were, were trapped in some financial debt. These are people that, that, that are very close to me that I do life with. And because of Financial Peace University and because of a good dad and that's taught me things through my life and because so many of you have taught me things through my life, I felt like I wanted to bring them into to, to my to my world and try to help them with a debt reduction plan. And you may think, what's this got to do with a sermon? Just just listen to me. My specific instructions to these few close friends that that are sinking in debt is if this is gonna work, you can't just come and tell me about one or two credit cards. The only way this is going to work is if you really become honest and vulnerable and lay it all on the table where we know what we're dealing with. 
Don't, don't, don't allow your pride to keep one or two debts without us knowing about it because I, I have a little, little solution here. We're going to put together a little plan, and if you'll work the plan, by the end of this year, you're going to be debt-free, man. You're going you're gonna to breathe again. You're going to live happy again. And my key was you gotta, you gotta, you got to bring it all. Ladies and gentlemen, God's wanting all today. Not just the sin that maybe the one next to you knows about. Not just the dream that the one next to you knows about. Not just the, the goals and the efforts of just a few people know about. He's wanting everything from within. He's wanting the deepest issues. And they all don't have to be sinful things. He's wanting everything about you. He's wanting to know what your dreams are. He's wanting to know what your hang-ups are. He's wanting to know what your goals are. He's wanting to know everything about you because if he can get all of you, man, he's going to take you somewhere that you never imagined going. But he's got to have all of you. He's got to know that you're not leaving your kids out of this relationship. And he's got to know you're not leaving your marriage out of this Christian relationship and covenant but boy, he can get everything that you've got. Woo, he'll take you places that the best roller coaster can't take. So, this morning, just a few minutes of your time, if you could take those lights down for me just briefly, I want our worship team to kind of help me here, and I just want to create a moment for some of you to just you know, and you got to, I think a lot of times, hey, check this out real quick. I think a lot of times this moment that we have with our prayer partners, I think a lot of times people are hesitant because they think that means that publicly you're like this really messed up sinner. Dude, don't think that way. And another thing I want to make sure that everybody understands, these people are not like priests. You don't come just to confess stuff to make yourself feel better. All these people do are just people that love to pray. And they just believe that God's able. This morning, I want us to take a moment. We got some time. We got time on our side. So for those of you that are time worried, we got time. And I want you to just consider going on a journey, an ultimate adventure journey with God and give Him everything you have. So these altars are open. If you don't want to pray with a prayer partner, just come and kneel at an altar. But I just want you to reach for the Lord for a moment. Is that all right? Let's reach up to the Lord right now. Let me pray over.